Well, amen. You have your Bibles and you'll turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. As we continue to look at the word faithful, if you're joining with us, visiting with us, we're so thankful and just honored that you would come and worship with us at East Oboga Baptist Church. We know that we are a church of messed up people who all desire to give all of our rights and all of our wrongs to the Lord. And so we're just so thankful that you've come here to worship and you've come at a great time. We started in a new series entitled Faithful. We'll look at the word faithful all year long. And we're looking now at our five core values and you see those on this sign over here, worship, fellowship, evangelism, discipleship, and missions. And we are finishing up looking at being faithful in worship today and next Sunday. I want to invite you back next Sunday. I hope that you will make plans to be with us next Sunday. God has an amazing uh, testimony for you to hear next Sunday, especially when it comes to being faithful in worship and then faithful in fellowship. As you know, East Devoga Baptist, we really push Sunday school. We believe as a growing church that the best way for you to be involved in community and in the life of a local church is through a small group. And we invite you to join a small group today. But you're going to hear from some of your very own faith family members of just what faithfulness looks like. Are they perfect? No. Have they had times of doubt? Yes. But have they been faithful? Absolutely. And so I hope you come next Sunday. And I just, I just know God is going to speak to all of us. It's great when we read the words of the scriptures of how people are faithful. But what is also great is how God uses those scriptures and you get to see real life people in front of you being faithful. In the hardest of times in their life, they're being faithful. And so I hope you come back next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. I, I, I just trust that God's going to bless you so much. And God's going to use someone else's, another couple's testimony to reach your heart and to do something inside of you so that you too can be found faithful in worship and faithful in fellowship. And so we continue in Isaiah chapter 6. I'm not sure. I'm a little confused, actually. There is a dollar bill up here. Oh, I thought that was my payment for the day. <laughs> One dollar for every minute I go under, but, uh, you know, the allotted time, I guess. I was wondering what that was for. <laughs> I thought Randy left me a dollar. I can get something to drink for lunch today, so I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know what to do with it. We'll put an offer plate here. I'll just put it in here. I don't want to knock it over. Isaiah chapter 6. We've been in Isaiah chapter 6, but I feel like the Lord teaches us a lot about worship in Isaiah chapter 6. And I hope by the end of our time, these last couple weeks and then next week, that you will have a greater appreciation of what's really going on in Isaiah chapter 6. And so if you have your place in, the, in, your, in your copy of God's Word, if you'll stand with me, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. We've read these already, but let us read them again. 
Listen, as we read God's word together, may you not check out for a moment and say, we've read these, I know what it says. But believe in God, believe in the power of the Spirit of God. And pray as we read, Lord, speak to me now. Speak to me in a new way from the scriptures. Isaiah chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne. And the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. With two they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. Then one called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorway shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips. And live among a people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, praise the Lord. Your iniquity is removed, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, who should I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we pray that even in the familiar parts of scriptures that we have read over the past couple weeks, Lord, we pray that it will be fresh and new in our heart. Lord, that through these scriptures, through this passage, God, you would show us how we can worship you in all areas of our life. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but Lord, there are some things that must happen before we can properly worship you. God, we see those things in the life of Isaiah. Lord, help us, lead us, guide us, open our hearts, transform our minds, create in me a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, we pray for the invitation that will happen soon. God, I pray that during that invitation, as there is a response to the scriptures, that people all across the room will respond to the gospel. We will respond to the spirit of the living God that is acting and moving in this room this very moment. Lord, may we not say no to the Holy Spirit. But Father, may we, like Isaiah, be able to say, yes, here am I. Send me. Lord, I submit to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have no doubt that many of us in this room have a great desire to worship the Lord. I have not mastered how to worship God in all areas of my life. I, in no way do I feel like I'm an expert in the topic of worshiping God in all areas of your life. I, too, am learning. I, too, have to seek repentance for things that happen as a husband, a dad, a pastor, or a friend, or a coach, or whatever I do. I, too, have to be reminded that I have to worship the Lord in all areas of my life. There is no cutting it off. There is no turning it back home. Worshiping God is not like the faucet in your house. When you want to, you turn it on. When you don't want to, you turn it off. But we are called and commanded to worship God in all areas. But in Isaiah chapter 6, there are some prerequisites for us, and how do we worship God in all areas of our life? The first one is this. 
Now, I realize my outline today is totally different than my outline last Sunday. This one has a little bit more to it. Number one, when you confess your sin, you are no longer wrapped up in your own self and your desire to worship God and follow Him. When you confess your sin, you are no longer wrapped up in your own self and you desire to worship God and follow Him. We see in verse 5, as Isaiah is brought into the Holy of Holies, Isaiah is ushered into the very presence of God. Oh, what a great place that is, right? Oh, what a place that would be to be ushered in right into the presence of the Lord. And he's ushered into the Holy of Holies, and he is praising God. And then in verse, and then in verse 5, he says, Woe is me, for I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. What has happened in Isaiah's life is that when you get a true picture of God and His holiness, it will always make you realize just how sinful you are and all of your failures. When you come before God, when you are in the presence of the living God, it will always cause you to realize just how sinful you are and just how reckless your life is. And that is exactly what is happening in the life of Isaiah. He comes before God worshiping. God is seated high on a lofty throne. He sees the righteousness of God, the loving, the heart of Christ. He sees the perfections of Christ. And it is that moment Isaiah realizes, Woe is me! I don't even deserve to be in your presence. Most people, most Christians today, God needs you, you think. You walk around, we walk around as if the church has to have me. God has to have me. No, you are ruined, dear friend. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. Why? Because he is a man of an unclean heart. For out of the mouth the heart speaks. Isaiah saw Christ on a high and lofty throne. His robe filled the temple and one day his glory will fill the whole earth. And seeing Christ and seeing his sin, conviction came over Isaiah. He was convicted by that sin and it led to repentance. It's happened all throughout scripture. People see God, they have an experience with the Lord, and it always drove them to repentance. Happened all throughout Scripture. In Job chapter 42, when Job saw the Lord, he repented. He said, therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. He was broken over his pettiness, over his sin, over his unclean heart. And yet we today walk around, we have everything we need. And we barely need God anymore. But Isaiah teaches us, if you're going to worship God in all areas, you must recognize where you stand before Him. You're ruined. You're ruined. You have unclean lips because of an unclean heart. In Luke chapter 5, Peter saw the resurrected Jesus, and it says that he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. When Paul saw the Lord on the Damascus road and saw his own deeds as garbage, he confessed, believed, and repented upon Christ. It's what happens when we come before God. Repentance must happen. 
In order for us to worship God in all areas of our lives, we must see the Lord seated high and on a lofty throne. And we begin to see ourselves for who we really are. Ruined, unclean, wretched, reckless. It always causes us to realize our sinful ways, our wrongdoings, and all of our failures. See, when you experience God, it causes us to react with brokenness rather than pride. Isaiah confessed his unclean lips, which represented his unclean heart. He knew that if he was going to serve the Lord properly, he needed a cleansing in his own heart. Isaiah knew what the psalmist knew, created me a clean heart. Why? Because if you don't, I'm going to keep sinning. God, if you don't create in me a clean heart, if you don't cleanse inside of me, you don't cleanse this woe is me heart, if you don't cleanse me, I'm just going to keep on sinning. I'm just going to keep on living my life. I'm just going to keep on doing what I think is best. That's why the psalmist said, created me a clean heart, but the right spirit within me. Why? Because he knew. God, if you don't do something, if you don't do something, I'm going to keep going down this sinful road. I'm just going to keep going down this spiral of sin and, and, and just heartaches in my life. Isaiah understood what the psalmist is saying. He knew that if he was going to serve the Lord properly, as God then draw, drew him in to serve him, he needed a cleansing in his own heart. Listen to me. If you want to worship God in all areas of your life, you better have a cleansing in your heart. And no one can do that but the Lord. Isaiah saw Christ, the Lord, seated on a high and lofty throne. Same goes for you and me. We want to properly serve the Lord. We must have a cleansing. If I'm going to properly serve the Lord, if I'm going to be a biblical husband, a biblical dad, a biblical employee, a biblical mom, wife, child, teenager, co-worker, I need a cleansing in my heart. I need God to create in me a clean heart. But we must come before God knowing where we stand before Him. Listen to me. There's nothing wrong coming before God and saying, God, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. I'm a man of an unclean heart. I, I live among people with unclean lips. God, I don't deserve to even be in your presence, as Job said, and as uh, Peter said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Praise the Lord, though. Praise the Lord, though, that a cleansing does happen when conviction comes. Praise the Lord that when conviction happens from the throne of God, cleansing comes from the altar of God. Praise the Lord for that. Oh, how awful it would be if there were conviction with no possible way to be cleansed of all unrighteousness. There would be no hope for you, no hope for me. You would continue to be a man of unclean lips, continue to be a man of an unclean heart with no possible way. For redemption. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the throne where conviction comes. And praise the Lord from the altar from which cleansing comes from. You saw the conviction that came from the altar, or excuse me, the throne of God. And then the seraphim, seraphim flew, grabbed the coal from the altar, and cleansing came. 
from the altar of God. Oh, how awful it would be that if conviction came from the throne of God without any possible way of the cleansing of God, there would be cleansing from this altar that God has provided you. Listen, when you confess your sins, you no longer are wrapped up in your own self and then you desire to worship God and follow Him. Step number two, when you no longer, when you are no longer burdened by sin, you can properly worship God. When you're no longer burdened by sin, you can properly worship God. Isaiah confessed his sin. Isaiah had an experience with God, just like a lot of other people in the scriptures, and it drove them to say, God, I don't deserve to be in your presence. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm messed up. I have no way to clean myself up. I have no way to fix anything in my life. And Isaiah confessed those things to the Lord, and then he was able to properly worship God in all areas of his life. What I recognize in most people's lives is this. When the weightiness of sin is upon you, it makes it difficult for you to properly worship God the way the Bible shows us. And the reason is because when sin, the weightiness of sin is over you, it is like you trying to raise your hands to worship God with a weighted blanket hanging over you. You, you, you try to, oh Lord, I praise the Lord, and just try and just... You're agonizing over trying. Oh, Lord, I want to worship you like they do. Or my, my grandmother, my grandfather, my mom, or somebody. My, look how they worship you. God, I want to worship you like, why can't I worship you like that? And the weightiness of sin is over you. Be cleansed, dear brother. Come before the Lord with cleansing. Allow Him to cleanse your heart, your sinful heart. Just a longing to be able to do that. Conviction of sin becomes a huge barrier for anything with God. When a cleansing happens through salvation, then you no longer have to worship God for the cleansing of sin. Now you can turn your worship to God as your provider, your sustainer, deliverer, strong tower, your healer. No longer do you just have to worship God for the cleansing that He has done for you. Now you can turn that worship into praising Him for all that He is. He has provided healing for you. He has protected you and your family. He's provided all the things that you need. He has sustained you when the waters were rough. He has delivered you from the rough waters. He's become a, a strong tower, the cleft of the rock for you. You just, you just hid in for a while because life was difficult. And he became that for you. And now you're going to praise him for that. You know why you can't praise Him for that now? It's because you have the weightiness of sin on your life. When you're no longer burdened by sin, you can properly worship the Lord. Many of you in here, you may be asking the question, why can't I worship God freely? And it may just be the sin in your life, an unclean heart. And God is bringing conviction down upon you to be cleansed, to trust in Him, to turn over that weightiness to Him. And He'll take it, you know that. Praise the Lord. Number three, when you properly worship the Lord, you have ears to hear the word of the Lord. So first you have confession of sin. If you want to worship God in all areas of your life, you have to confess your sins to Him. 
daily turning over this wicked heart to him. Daily turning over this ruined heart, ruined life. And then after that confession, you're no longer burdened by that sin. Christ removes the weightiness of sin from you. You remember that day, right? The day you confessed Jesus as Lord, you believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth, you repented of your sins, you got up off of that altar or wherever you were, and the weightiness of sin was off you, and it was placed on Christ, and then he just clothed you with his righteousness, and wow, what a free thing that was. Now you can lift your hands and worship him properly. When you're no longer burdened by sin, you worship it properly. And as you worship Him properly, you begin to hear God speak to you. You begin to hear the words of the Lord. You see in verse 8, after Isaiah properly confessed sin, and after Isaiah was properly worshiping Him, and, and conviction came from the throne of God, and cleansing came from the altar of God, then he was able to hear the word of the Lord. You see in verse 8, then I heard the voice of the Lord asking. I heard it. I heard it. No one had to tell me. No one had to relay it to me. I heard the word of the Lord. Who shall I send? And who will go for us? I heard it. Oh, that may we will go throughout every day of our life. I hear the words of the Lord. Listen to me now. Don't get too carried away. You hear a lot on TV, thus saith the Lord. You better be careful what they're about to say. A lot of people will say, well, I heard God say, did you? I don't think God would have told you that. Many people on TV, preachers on TV, I'm not knocking TV preachers. I think there's some great ones on TV. I, I, I watch and listen to some of them. A small amount of them. <laughs> and they will always say, well, God said, God said, God said this. Nothing's backed up by Scripture. It's always to advance their own kingdom, advance what they want to get accomplished. If, you, if anybody ever, you ever hear someone say, thus saith the Lord, you stop them right in their tracks. And you say, you better be careful what you're about to say. If God's not writing another Bible. We only have one. Everything we need is, is, is in this book. We don't need anything else from the Lord. He has already given us revelation of who He is, who we are, how we can be cleansed and redeemed. In this book, there's not another one. There'll never be another one. But oh, that I could go throughout my day and say, God said, I heard the Lord. You've often heard me say, or other people say, it was in that moment I just heard God tell me. God told me this. God told me that. I think God speaks to us, don't you? I think a Heavenly Father loves to speak to His children. I think God does that through the Scriptures. I think God does that through the Holy Spirit. God does it through people. He does it through times of prayer. But in this moment, Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord. Boy, how comforting is that? In one of the trying times of your life, after you have confessed your sin to the Lord, after you have received a cleansing where the scriptures say your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for, the weightiness of your uncleanness and ruined self is no more in your life. 
And it was at that moment Isaiah heard from the Lord. There are people in this room you need to hear from God. You need to hear from the Lord today. I will encourage you that every time the scriptures are open in this place, you are hearing from the word of the Lord. The voice of God is speaking. And it's my prayer. Anybody else that preaches from this pulpit, God, use me. Speak directly through me. Isaiah heard the word of the Lord. I mean, why would God insist you to his, uh, enlist you into his work when you're still wrapped up in your own unrighteousness? God won't do that. When we begin to properly worship him, we are open to him using us, and therefore we can hear him speak to us. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord. And you know what God said? I know them. I know them. Praise the Lord that God in his infinite goodness and righteousness and perfections look down on your pity self and says, I know him. I know her. And it's not because of your right doings. It's because of all of your wrong doings. It's because of your confessions of sin. It's because of you trusting in the Christ on the throne whose glory is filling the temple. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And then what do they do? They follow me. Number four. When you hear the word of the Lord, you worship him in all areas of your life. There's a progression here. I hope you have seen that. I probably haven't done a good job of a good progression of how we worship God in every area of our life. First, it begins with you recognizing who you are before the Lord. You are a wretched, filthy rags person compared to him. Oh, you probably look good to the people around you. And you probably look great to the people around you. And you've got great personality. Everybody loves you. But when you are compared to perfection, you have failed miserably. And so when we, when we come into the presence of the Lord, we recognize, I am ruined, I'm unclean. Listen, it's okay in here to admit that you're messed up. I, I think our church, we pride ourselves to say, look, we'd love for you to come to church here with us. We're just a bunch of messed up people. We're just trying to trust in the Lord, walk in faithfulness with Him and trust in His goodness. That's all we're trying to do. We don't have it all together. We'll never have it all together. We'll have mess-ups. We will, we will do things that are not correct. We will disagree with one another every now and then. But you know what? We're not worried about it. We're just trusting in the Lord. We are looking up to Him. Starts with a confession of sin. And then when you confess that sin and God brings forth cleansing from the altar of God, then you are able to properly worship Him. And when you are properly able to worship the Lord, you begin to hear the word of the Lord. And sometimes the word of the Lord will say, hey, 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 hey you didn't you need stop that. You didn't quit that. Your flesh is out of control. You didn't quit. You're not being the dad that I've called you to be, sir. You didn't quit. You need to look up. You need to repent. You're not, you're not being the biblical woman that you're supposed to be doing. You need to quit. Sometimes God speaks directly to you. Hey, just enjoy. Be thankful that there's a living God. 
a living God who speaks to us when we hear the word of the Lord, we're able to worship him in all areas. God cleansed Isaiah to be a soul winner, not just to worship him better. See, I think we got it a little bit messed up. We recognize in Isaiah chapter 6, when he properly worshiped the Lord, he heard the voice of the Lord. What did God enlist Isaiah to do? Not to worship him better, but he enlisted him to go be a soul winner for Jesus. That's what he enlisted Isaiah to do. He enlisted, who, who shall I send? Who will go for us? The scripture said. Not, who will worship us better? Who will be a better church attender? Who will pride themselves in how great of a Christian they are? No, no, no. Why? Because in all those areas, we boast in ourselves. But you go tell somebody about Jesus, you're boasting in Jesus. After Isaiah properly worshipped the Lord, God enlisted him into the ministry. God enlisted him to be a soul winner. Isaiah was cleansed so that he could worship the Lord in every area of his life. You see, true worship from the cleansed always leads to being a witness and being a servant. Every person in Scripture that, that, that Christ cleansed, that their faith was healed in Christ, they were always called to be a witness and to be a servant. Isaiah prayed, Lord, who am I? I'm a man of unclean lips, a man of unclean heart. I don't deserve to be in your presence, Lord. Just ru I'm ruined. Just, just throw me away. I am, I am not even worthy to be in your presence. Just, just cast me away, O oh Lord. And in that prayer, God quickly answered his prayer, cleansed him, and sent him out to be a witness. Praise the Lord for that. Praise God for that. You know the only prayer God hears of the unrighteous is a prayer of repentance? There's no, God's not hearing your prayers. The scriptures are true. The unrighteous, the unclean, those that have not trusted in Christ. You said, does God hear my prayers? No. You're a man of unclean lips and an unclean heart. But the moment Isaiah prayed and confessed his sin and God cleansed him, God heard his prayer, quickly answered that prayer, quickly answered the prayer and enlisted him, sent him out to be a witness. Worshiping God is the greatest way we show love to the Lord. That's why in our logo it says the love, learn, and live. The greatest way we worship God is by loving him. And the greatest way we love him is by worshiping him. And we do that in many areas of our life. Most people think we worship God through singing, and we do. We lift up holy hands and praise the Lord. But there are many other ways we worship the Lord through singing. We also worship God in our praying. If the level of your worship was the amount of praying you do every day, all throughout your week, would you say you're a pretty good worshiper of God? Or would you say I'm a pretty pitiful worshiper of the Lord? Not just praying, but we worship God through hearing the word. Hearing the word preached and presented. That's why the Bible, the, the scriptures teach, don't forsake the, the assembly of the saints. Because why? The highlight of that assembly is that God's word will be preached. It will be read. It will be taught. How do we worship the Lord? We worship through hearing the word of the Lord. Not only that, we worship through giving. 
giving of our time, our talents, our resources to the Lord. We worship Him. Why? Because He allowed us to have those time, the time, the talents, and the resources that we have. It's all His anyway. It's always said that uh, the greatest pain in Baptist churches is back pain because of the wallets. <laughs> but it's not just money. It's our time. It's serving the Lord with gladness to the local church. How do we worship God? We worship the Lord through giving, through the ordinances, through the Lord's Supper and baptism. We worship God through that. We worship the Lord through obeying. The greatest way you show love to God is by obeying Him. You look at the family dynamic. Children, teenagers, the greatest way you show love to your parents is by obeying them. You submit to them. You didn't ask for it. That's God's plan for you. You submit to your parents. The greatest way you show love to them, you don't worship your parents, you worship God. But the greatest way you show love to them is through obedience to them. And the same way is for the Lord. The greatest way you show love to God is by obeying what He says. And if we're properly worshiping Him and we're hearing the voice of the Lord, we, we immediately obey Him. And that's what Isaiah did. He said, here am I. Won't you send me? Send me, Lord. And then we obey, we love, we worship the Lord through serving. Through the local church, through missions, in all kinds of ways. Can I ask you this? How much do you love God? The greatest way we love God is through worship. In all areas of our life. Do you, sir, ma'am, child, teenager, do you need a cleansing in your heart? Do you go to church time and time again and you find it very difficult for you to freely worship the Lord? It may be because of the weightiness of sin in your life. Would you confess that sin to Him? May conviction come from the throne above and may cleansing come from the altar of God? Do you need a cleansing? Do you feel that conviction from God's throne? I would urge you to get the cleansing from God's altar so that we could be a people, a church, a local body who rightly worships the Lord in all areas of your life. Listen, when you go to work tomorrow, God expects you to worship Him in your conversations, in your thoughts, in your deeds, and how you talk about your boss or supervisor or other employees that get all your nerves, you know, that you do their work for them and they get all the, you know, the praise for it. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, we're family here, I know. I mean, you know how it is. But God expects us to worship in all areas of our life. You know what? Because the greatest thing God's ever done for me is have my sins atoned for. The greatest thing anybody's ever done for me is for God to look down and at the altar of God, God said, your sins are atoned for. And it's because of that I want to worship Him every day in every way possible. May we be found faithful in worshiping the Lord. May we be found faithful in worshiping God in our homes. May we be found faithful in worshiping God in our workplaces. May we be found faithful in worshiping the Lord in all of our extracurricular activities. Praise God for those activities. What a way to be a great witness for the Lord. I pray you're found faithful. Let's pray. Father, we pray.
And Lord, I pray for those in this room. Lord, I, I, I trust that there are people in this room that the weightiness of sin is upon them. And Lord, conviction is coming down from the throne of God and they know that cleansing comes from the altar of God, so may they repent. Listen, if that's you, you may be a visitor, a guest, and you think, what are they going to think if, if, if I come down and pray at an altar? You know what we're going to think? We're probably going to think, I probably should join them. Because most people in this room, we've come down to the altar of God and received that cleansing from the Lord. Is that you? Are you properly worshiping the Lord? Dad? Are you properly being the biblical husband, a biblical dad, biblical co-worker, moms, wives? In order for us to properly worship the Lord, we must confess our sins so that we can worship Him in every area of our life. Do you need a cleansing today? Do you need a cleansing? You may be here this morning and say, I know Jesus. I know Christ is my Lord and Savior. I've trusted in Him. But I've not worshiped the Lord like I need to. I know that. I, I know that I have slacked off in my worship and honor of Him. Pastor Mike, I, I just want to come and pray for that and repent. I'd invite you to do that. Come and pray. Meet others at the altar and pray together so that we can be a church that properly worships the Lord. Father, have your way. Lord, there are pastors down here that would love to pray with people. God, if you're calling us to make a decision to just to come and pray, I pray we'll do that. We'll be obedient to, to you. And God, at this moment, we will worship you through prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.